episode 37. Welcome to Dharmic Evolution. Hey everybody, I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer, songwriter, audio, video, artist, and master storyteller. Today we're going west to San Diego, California. We're going to visit with Michael O'Neill. Michael is the creator of the Solopreneur Hour. He's a fellow podcaster and he does it all. From uh, racing Porsches to life coaching, but best of all and coolest of all, he's a drummer. So strap up your seatbelts and let's go for a ride. Hey, so I want to welcome everybody today to the Dharmic Evolution. My guest today, Michael O'Neill, uh, podcaster extraordinaire. Uh, Michael and I got connected for, um, actually through Sue B. Zimmerman to Chris Ducker, and then I heard Michael on Chris Ducker's show. And dude, I called you on Tuesday of this week, and you're on my show like two days later. Boom, I mean, just like that. Why waste time? It's awesome. It's just awesome. And... Um, you know, I want to thank you for that, but um, I just want to say, like, this uh, new community that I'm finding myself in is is just unbelievable. It's like, it's so the antithesis of what I came from, which was a construction background, which was brutality, to say the least. So, um, so really, really cool. Um, where do you want to start, man? I don't want to make you go through things that you're, you're not up to talking about it. You want to just keep it, like, wide open or... Oh, everything's an open book. I just wanted to say thank you. I, 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 and, uh, respond to what you said, which is, I feel like this industry of whatever entrepreneurship, online business, coaching, whatever it is, I think people get a little, uh, they get a little, you know, they get a little fancified with themselves and they're like, oh, I'll talk to my VA and I'll talk to you in four months. I'm like, how busy are you that you have to go four months out? <laughs> really? Yeah. Like if you have a half hour, just do the half hour, you know, just right. relax. Right. Anyway. Yeah, well, it's, so yeah, it, whatever you want to talk about, dude. It's uh, cool. I, I, I sent you my spiel, so you can talk about anything in that spiel. So so let's start with this. You know I'm a music guy, so that's mm-hmm. kind of like why I started this show is um, I've been reaching out like to people really all over the world about uh, music stuff, and I discovered you are a drummer. Yeah, so like, so how cool is that? Tell me about your, your musical past. Like, See, like I can hit even from my... All even, right. Uh, <laughs> even from my studio here, I got to shut the symbol up now. Jeez. Are you on the throne? Are you podcasting no, from the throne? I should. <laughs> um, I did for quite a while. I would just use my drum throne as my, my so my, uh, my uh, podcast desk is set up um, perpendicular to my drum set. So oh, that's perfect. I, I can reach out and hit my hi hat if I, if I, if I try. Well, you need uh, that for a backup. If you you know you got a joke going, you know you want to hit the crash symbol and grab it real quick. I you could know? do that. What I what I have though is I have um, often I will stand as I do shows, uh, like I just did. I just I just stood up. Um, I have one of those you know those nice boom mics that go. Right. And I have I have a little uh, drum pad right here. Oh, cool. I don't know if you can hear that. Excellent. Um, yeah. Does, does that sort of come through? Yep. So what I'll do is I can mute myself like this. Okay, gotcha. And I, can, and I can jam while the other guy's talking. And it, I, I can just sit here and work on my rudiments while yeah. I'm on my podcast. Can you hear this? Yeah. Jeez. So, so I got my guitar tree right next to my station. See, I never put them away. So I hang That's, six guitars on there. So there's never an excuse. You know, you walk in the house and you can just grab it. <laughs> somebody sent me, this was really cool. Somebody sent me a pair of drumsticks with my, my logo, the Solopreneur Hour, uh, burned in, like, like etched into the wood. Um, I don't know if we, we uh, we're not on video, but it's really cool. Uh, so I have these right, uh, right here next to my desk at all times. That's just awesome. Like, hey. um, anyways, the music thing was, you know, a, a, a mom that played piano, a dad that played sax, brother's a guitarist, aunt was a professional jazz pianist, two cousins on Broadway. Wow. Um, yeah, it was like in the, you know, we had seven part harmonies for Christmas, you know, and that was like, you know, what happened? So you, were, um, you got the musical genes then that for yeah, sure. it was definitely in and, and, uh, and you know, I, I think that just being around it was enough. I think osmosis is enough to make musicians out of kids. Right. So you have musicians in the family and, and, and it's just sort of part of your, part of your new teeth, uh, part of your culture. It's, um, it's pretty easy to 
to see that that bridge that that jumps over. And I think that music in and of in and of itself is such a um, I think it's a I wouldn't say critical part. That's not the wrong word. It's it's um, it's an unsurprising part of an entrepreneur or a business person because you look at that it's there's usually a musical tie or an athletic tie because those two modalities are the number one ways that people learn and will continue to learn throughout their whole lives right does that make sense oh it never stops yeah never so whether you're an athlete or a musician like as a musician you know i'm i sit and i'll practice and i'll be on my drums um, you know, I'll get down, settle in with some YouTube trainings and, and go, you know, and right. then as an athlete, you're in the gym, you're trying to learn, you know, your craft, you're practicing and that sort of carries on throughout your career. And, and it's pretty rare to find someone that is super successful in business and doesn't have somewhere in their background, some athletic or music uh, performance. So how about you with, did you get into bands and stuff as, as a youngster? Like, did you do that whole thing, playing gigs out in clubs and yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I mean, for all intents and purposes, I'm a professional, you know, studio drummer. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I've, I've uh, I started playing, I guess, for money in 1990, um, and have played in a ton of different bands, uh, recorded a lot of, of stuff, um, and I still, you know, I'm still a session guy here in San Diego. So, oh, that's awesome. In, yeah, I was going to ask if you were still touching it, you know, getting. Oh, up, for sure. Oh, great. That's yeah, awesome, yeah, yeah. man. In, in, in fact, not enough, to right. be honest. Um, it's, um, I, I just had this guy, this guy, Bill Ray. Um, by the way, if you're in the Seattle area and you want a great drummer, look up this guy, Billy Ray. Okay. Um, he was, uh, he was going away. He lived here in San Diego and he was leaving. And so they had a, a going away party and the party was like, he's a, he's been a, like a, a session, you know, drummer in San Diego for, you know, whatever, 20 years. And so he knows all the good players around here. Right. So they had a going away party and it was a jam and it was just literally like, you know, there's a drummer, go up and hang out and play a few tunes. If there's a singer, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, that went on four or five hours and... I got up and I did a few tunes and he gets off stage. He goes, dude, <laughs> uh, do you want some gigs? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I do. He goes, dude, you can take any gig that I had. I said, well, that's flattering. Um, so he connected me with a bunch of people and hopefully the, the calendar fills up a little quicker now. That's fantastic. Hey, what's yeah. your favorite gig, Mike? I mean, what kind, like, what kind of music do you find yourself? Oh, I think you meant my favorite of all time that I've played. Well, which is, well, I have a no-brainer. Well, I want to ask. Well, okay, give me that one first. But that was Red Rocks in Colorado. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I get to play like you know, just where you two did live under a blood red sky. Yeah, yeah. Matthews did live at Red Rocks, and yeah, that was pretty awesome. I mean, <laughs> that was that was a uh, that was a bucket list item for sure. Like just sound checking the drums. So first of all, Red Rocks is this huge. Huge amphitheater, right? Uh, Ten thousand people in um, Morrison, Colorado. So just outside of Golden, you know, Boulder, Denver area, and it was, um, you know, just sound checking, showing up at like six o'clock, and I've got my little sonar kit at the time, which has a twenty-inch kick drum, and you know, it's not, it's not, that's not very big for a, a club kind of drum set. It usually have a twenty-two or sometimes twenty-four, right? And they mic, they mic the thing up with a couple of mics, and you sound check. And it is the city around you. Yes. King boom, Kong has arrived. Boom. Boom. <laughs> you go, holy, like I've never experienced that before. So that was really amazing. Um, and then the kind of gigs I like now are any, <laughs> really. Right. Um, you just want to play. I, I like full nights more than I like. But know, I mean, 40, but I was asking minute. you like like genres, like what is your thing, oh, like, oh, your, your, um, like your favorite like type of... <laughs> So blues and reggae after like a set make me want to shove drumsticks into my eyeballs because okay. they're so repetitive. Right. Um, I like, um, I've sort of cut my teeth in the singer songwriter world, you know, oh, okay. whether it be like a lead singer with an acoustic guitar and then a band behind him kind of deal. Right. Um, uh, but like if, if someone, if a couple of bands called, um, I love funk. So there's a band called Lettuce that I would love to uh, play for. Tower of Power would be one I wow, would like to yes. play for. Um, John Mayer, I would like to play for, even though he's pretty bluesy. Uh, I think he rips pretty good. Yeah, write some awesome um, material. 
Yeah, yeah. just to, and he's he's a pretty misunderstood musician. You know, like you'll hear you talk to. I yesterday this happened. I was at uh, the pool with his girl, and I said, "Yeah, you know, it'd be cool to play with him." And I'm like, yeah, you know, blah blah blah. I go, "Yeah, well, hold on a second. He is as close we have right now to Stevie Ray Vaughan or, or some like true blues master, right? And nobody nobody knows it." He's yeah. sort of this really sort of pop misunderstood dude. And then um, Sarah Bareilles. I would love to oh, play man. with like a, 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 a great female like singer songwriter type chick. That would be awesome. That's great, um, man. You got good taste. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> the other thing I like to do is um, lately it's been really fun to play with a DJ live like DJ and drummer. Right. Um, with like electronica or something like that. I just did that. There's a guy named Nick Unsworth who does um, these, these, uh, his, his brand is called Life on Fire. And he just did this live two day event. So it was me and DJ Icy Ice were the, uh, were the talent. And DJ Icy Ice is like a big LA. Yeah. Um, He's uh, huge. A big LA, uh, you know, DJ guy. And so we just riffed. I mean, it was just totally improv the whole time and, and it was a blast. So hopefully we'll get together and do a little more of that. That must be so much fun doing that oh, with a DJ, a man. Because you can be so flexible with, you yes. know, a whole drum kit. You can be a percussionist and then turn full drummer and then combine, I mean, pretty much anything you want. Yeah, it's That's- cool when you get to, um, when you get to like go from, being sort of like I'm the backbeat of the, this tune because he cuts the backbeat out, right? Or it flips over and I get to be just the the fill, yeah, which is kind of cool. Right. Um, tell me a little bit really quickly, and I'll tell you another guy that you everybody should know that probably listens to the show. Tell me a bit about the name of this show and why it's named how it is. Well, Dharmic Evolution is really what we are all becoming. You know, we're we're all trying to live in our Dharma, which is you know the the and the evolution is like what do we what do we finally become? I mean, we're all a work in progress. Right. But the idea is we're put on this earth and a lot of us get, you know, driven, you know, through the cattle drive and and we end up in these boxes and these cars and we don't know what we're doing. And um, for those of us who are lucky enough to finally become uh, cognizant and aware that, you know, I'm not living from my authentic self. What is my dharma? Where, where am I most happy? Where am I... Like when it's effortless, you know you're living in your dharma. Like everything mm. just works. Kind of like what exactly what you did. You realize that, you know, I, the solopreneur and the proudly unemployable, which which you <laughs> you right. came up with, which I think is so cool because I immediately heard that and I related. <laughs> and, yeah, that's me. Yeah. yeah, and and that's that's just awesome. I mean, and and that's what um, dharmic evolution is about. It's about. Me, the show is about trying to provide a platform to reach the people who want to get there, who just have that little flame of desire inside of them, and they just can't seem to get the oxygen. So um, me as a musician and a singer-songwriter and been doing it for so many years, I thought, well, I don't really know how to uh, make people successful, but if I can give them a platform, maybe we can help that end and help figure it out together, you know, so, so basically the show is about that. It's for, uh, it's not for just music people, but it's film and it's, it's kind of the same thing you're doing, uh, only kind of like, I guess, weighted a little bit heavily in the music area. And that's what Dharmic Evolution is all about. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I'm about to change your life, I think, right now. Good, man. There's a, I, there's I love a guy, <laughs> um, There's a guy that came from Boulder, Colorado that I played with for, for a few years. And um, have you ever heard of the Integral Institute in Boulder, Colorado? No, I it's, have not. Um, it is like a, a evolutionary Buddhist um, meets modern world kind of group. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how to, I don't know how to, to, to like, I get what you're like, saying. Frame them. But, um, there's a guy, um, have you ever heard of a guy named Ken Wilbur? No. Who's uh okay. So he's sort of like one of the greatest living philosophers right now. He's also a Buddhist dude. One of his proteges is a musician slash performer slash funny guy, uh, slash genius named Stuart Davis. I've heard and of Stuart. Okay. Stuart is S-T-U-A-R-T-D-A-V-I-S, StuartDavis.com. He is, uh, my goodness, I don't even know how to describe him, but uh, if you could take sort of 
um, his, his TV show is called Sex, God, and Rock and Roll. And he is truly the most brilliant, uh, like Ed Kowalczyk from Live and Saul Williams, who from Saul Williams, call him the greatest living songwriter right now. Really? Stuart is, oh, Stuart is just next level storyteller, mixing Dharma and, and, and sexuality and, and religion and rock and roll into weaving it into this really interesting pile. He writes sort of pop songs wrapped in a, or, or, or really deep, um, topics wrapped in a pop candy shell sometimes. Right. Okay. Um, unbelievable. So I played with Stuart for a few years and, um, it, it's been my, f my most fun, uh, my most fun time on stage was playing with Stuart, but it's S-T-U-A-R-T-D-A-V-I-S.com. Yeah, I got him up if right you, now. You download his, uh, just download his music. And as a songwriter, you will, it's like a clinic. You, you go, oh, that's what you're supposed to do. Right, right. I mean, just next level. There's a song he does called Swim. Uh -huh. that, and I know about it and I've heard it a million times. Every time I hear it, it brings me to tears. Wow, it is that's great. absolutely like staggering. And so, as as a just a human, the thing with Stewart is he's one of the funniest people I've ever met. But he's also the when you say genius, that that's not a like you're not going out out of the bounds when you say that. He is quite literally a genius, and he's a guy that could be in a room full of quantum physicists or could be in a room full of like Jewish rabbis and <laughs> and, and, and 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 talk as an equal to right. them and know right. just as much as they do about the, all the stuff that they know. And right. he does, and he could, you could put him probably without anything except, you know, NFL football. He probably could do that exact, right. uh, that situation. So he's got the collective intellect. Yeah, man, yeah. he is something. He, David, what is he? Dave, Davis twists mind, body, and spirit into a hot menage a trois. <laughs> uh, that's, that's how he was. He's been known as the twisted mystic. <laughs> that's, um, that's awesome. And, like, what is this one? Uh, with the, without exaggeration, Stuart Davis is one of the most fascinating and exceptional songwriters in modern music. Um, anyway, so wow. just really amazing dude and, and worth check. He's got a little YouTube channel and he's got uh, a bunch of great albums. So excellent. I'll ch I have him yeah. up here now. I'll check him out after after we finish up. So so Michael, so you yes. want to do more gigging? Um, and how, you know, I mean, I definitely understand it. Uh, That's home, baby. It's just home. like, yeah, you feel like you're in your dharma when you're doing that. But how do you balance that with, it seems like you've got a really busy gig going here with, um, you know, I love your website and all the products you've come up with. I mean, you've got, you know, you do coaching, you, you've yeah. got the podcast going, you've got all these great resources. Um, you have your solo lab going on. I mean, uh, tell me, how is your day, man? What, what's, is it, is it total uh, freedom or do you feel a little overwhelmed at times or how, how is it working for you? 96% total freedom in September. I'm a bit overwhelmed. Okay. I, just ha I happen to have an insanely busy September. Is but, that every year seasonal, or is it just so no, happens no, no, at this? this yeah. Oh, okay, got it. But but it's like, and you squeeze little old James Kevin O'Connor into your life. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> dude, dude. Jim, I, Jim, kudos to you, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, Thursdays are my days, man. I I love this. I yeah. like, especially when it's a show that's different than what I. I talk about, you know, typically. So it's fun for me to talk music and talk, you know, how it blends into my life. Have you ever had someone, and just to, to your first question, um, the, I have a, a good friend of mine, Julia, who also lives in, uh, lived in Boulder, Colorado. And she, I knew her for years. She was my neighbor. And she was like, when I met her, she was this cute 23 year old girl who would walk around with her sweatpants with like one leg pulled up. Cause she was like a hip hop, like B girl kind <laughs> yeah. of thing, you know? Right. And, you know, and she would talk about, and, you know, and she was working at the coffee shop and, you know, you know, and then a couple of years later, she was like, yeah, I want to really get back into dancing again. And so she started kind of going back and getting back into her dance world a little bit and, and stuff. And then, you know, she invited me to, um, to see a performance that she'd put together with uh, her troupe. I said, okay, that's cool. It's at a local high school and well, all right, fine. I'll go check it out. Right. Absolutely blown away. And it was like, once again, in tears, I guess you guys think I cry all the time, but the, 
she was so unbelievable, like such an amazing next level dancer. And I said, oh my gosh, that's home for her. I never even knew where she lived until tonight. And I think what happens is I did a, um, I did a a speaking gig in the Cebu Philippines for Chris Ducker. Um, he had a, um, a, uh, uh, event called Tropical Think Tank, and they take eight speakers and then 50 entrepreneur uh, wannabes or entrepreneurs that are on th- waiting for the next level. Right. And they all meet, and we do this We do this event for four or five days in the Philippines. And on the last day of the event, um, he has this party. He, has a, he says, dude, check this out. I've got, uh, I've got the best band in the Philippines that is going to be playing our party tonight. I'm like, oh, that's cool, man. That's great. And so we go up, and we check him out in, in uh, pre- you know, pre-show, and Chris goes, hey, uh, Chris has got his English accent, he goes, hey, uh, my friend here plays drums, can he play a few songs, uh, can he play with you guys uh, tonight? And I was like, oh, dude, come on, it's, it's fine, <laughs> it's like their deal, yeah, yeah, come on. So I go and I sit behind the drums, just, you know, as we're, they're rehearsing, and um, they fire up uh, the chicken. That one, you know? Yeah. Just go into it midway and just start ripping like boom and they're all like i get the move where like 12 seconds you know you've seen this before where um a new drummer because lots because when a bad drummer's on stage it's awful right it's just really gets bad so i get the i get the turnaround nod of approval from the bass player like 12 seconds into it i'm like all right good so i I got the right nod of approval right jam that song out we go in later um the party's going on Chris comes up, starts singing. I had no idea that he was a lead singer. He busts out like some blues tunes. Well, they had the band ends up keeping me on stage for like seven or eight songs. Now it wasn't just one or two tunes. We like we played pretty much a full set. <laughs> and this guy later, uh, one of the guys, the the guys that I was newish, but he's been uh, like we were kind of just got to know each other. But he said, "Dude, I I've never seen someone so comfortable and at home as you were." behind the drums. I said, dude, that is, that's it. That's home for me, man. Right. That's like, take everything else away. And, and somebody asked me in one of our Q and a shows, would you rather be a professional podcaster or a professional drummer, like, and make the same money? I'm like, are you kidding me? Is that really a question? <laughs> so, so, so let me ask you this, Mike, has the podcast gig connected you to more fun in your drumming, like more things, like more relationships? Um, or, or, or if you, or if you stayed with just the music, you'd think you'd be like in some band right now. Oh, I mean, for sure. The yeah. podcasting has gone like 50 billion times more than the music career has. Right, right. Including connecting me with some really amazing musicians. I mean, I interviewed Mike Johnston, who's uh, three times he's been on the show. He's one, He's a good buddy of mine. He's been, you know, he was on Drum Magazine and Modern Drummer cover last year. Both of those. Wow. Uh, I had, uh, this is a, a kind of a cool story. Um, I, uh, last uh, 2013, I hadn't bought a new drum set for a long time. And I was actually at Mike Johnston's studios in, um, where is he? He's in Sacramento. And he, I sat down, he's sponsored by Gretsch. And I sponsored, or I sat down at one of his drum sets and I played him like, oh my gosh, this thing sounds awesome. I love this drum set. So I started looking for one and I eventually found one. And I ended up buying it for a crazy deal. I, it's too long of a story, but I got a crazy deal from a guy that was a Marine and who'd gotten in over his head with his credit cards. And he sold me the whole drum set. It was one month old, probably legitimately $3,000 worth of stuff for 900 bucks. Wow. And, nice. And I was like, oh, I feel bad for the guy. But oh, here we go. But one of the things he included was this Mark Schulman signature snare drum, which is this gorgeous like maple and African bubinga uh, wood with die cast hoops and all the all the bells and whistles. It's this beautiful drum, and um, so I've got the podcast. And uh, some person, uh, another fellow podcaster from from uh, the industry, says, "Hey, would you would you ever have any interest of having a drummer on the show?" And I said, "Yeah, I've already had uh, you know I've had a few musicians so far." And he goes, um, "I've got this guy Mark Schulman. He plays for Pink and for Cher." Um, and I just interviewed him. He does like a lot of entrepreneur stuff. Do you want to interview him? I said, how hilarious is that? That's the signature snare drum I have is the Mark Schulman signature snare. Oh, drum. wow. And so, so I said, yes, of course I would like to. That was the universe telling me that I was going to have a podcast and I was going to be interviewing this guy, you know, a few months later. So right. I had him on. It was great. <laughs> so, so what was the moment that you like, how did you get into podcasting? Like, um, 
you know, how did that all start for you? I mean, that's that was that the the beginning of all your other pieces that are now yeah. okay. So how did how did it like this whole um, this whole mission that you're on, uh, being proudly unemployable and you know being a solopreneur? How what was the first piece that uh, like fell into place for you where you said, all right, I'm I'm doing something different with my life? Yeah, the, the that first piece, the unemployable part, happened in 2005 when I was hired off the couch. Uh, I was a freelance web guy, and um, this this Fortune 500 company hired me to be their creative director. And so I said, okay, I'll do that. Right. Take me six figures, I'll, I'll get off the couch. And so I did that and then realized after a few months that I was miserable, and they were miserable with me because I was miserable. And I was like, what am I doing here? I, I'm, I knew too much at that point. I knew too much about you know, alternative ways to live your life. Right. And now that I had to like clock in and go punch in at this office, it was, it was terrible. So yeah, I, uh, that lasted a year. I realized at that point that I was truly unemployable. That was 2005. Then, and I won't get into the whole deep story, but I lost both my parents very quickly within seven months of each other right after that. And that's horrible. bankrupted me um, emotionally, but also financially. And again, super long story. But I went to Europe in 2009 for four months, spreading their ashes everywhere. I had a little Italian Parmesan cheese shaker and uh, right. came, back, came back from there and wanted to um, really didn't know what I wanted to do. But I knew what I didn't want to do is ever work an hour for a dollar again. So that began this journey of what are the other ways that you can take a skill set and monetize it. So I learned about um, internet marketing. I learned about the network marketing world. I joined a company called Isogenics for a few years and connected with some people there and just started. I took my background, which was, you know, I knew a lot about social media. I knew a lot about web. I knew a lot about design. And I started doing social media live training events for um, this company that I was working with. And so you already sent- had a really deep toolbox with all this. I had a pretty deep toolbox. Wow, man. Uh, okay. Yeah, I had a deep tool. I was because I was a designer and a web guy for like 18 years and a branding guy. So I knew a lot about advertising and branding and that kind of thing. Right. But a lot more of just because I know human nature, I know a lot about the psychology of the sale. So I'm very good at taking someone through that process. Right. And if you learn that with social media, Meaning instead of buy my thing, if you're able to demonstrate something in a way that someone goes, I'll have what he's having, like, you know, the, the, the Harry, um, the oh, Harry yeah. Met Sally, yeah. that's what you want. You want to think about that scene every time you're posting something on social media and thinking, is, does this post uh, 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 prompt people to think I'll have what he's having? Yeah. If you're trying to sell a service or a business. So uh, with that in mind, I built an entire social media training course around that. And I, and I started, we we went to 17 different cities and I trained a bunch of people from stage. And that's the first time that I'd realized that that sort of live training idea was right up my alley. That's the first time I didn't have a microphone in front of me, but I had people, you know? Right. So, um, I, I guess I suppose I did have a microphone in front of me, but different. So, 2012, I was asked a question by a guy that was a very prominent um, speaker, like a, you know, a personal development dude. And he said something, it was something like a YouTube question. And I go, David, you're such a big fish in this little pond. Do you ever think about growing your brand? And he, and he goes, uh, I mean, yeah, how do I do that? And he go, I said, what about a podcast? And he goes, well, what's a podcast? And I was like, well, it's like a radio show. You download it on your, on your phone. And right. I've been a huge fan of like Ricky Gervais and, and Twit and all these other shows for years and years and years. I've been a podcast guy. And I, he said, yeah, let's do it. And so I said, okay, I guess I got to learn how to make a podcast. And so I created this brand called The Kick-Ass Life with David Wood. And we launched and it was hugely popular. Like it turned into a really big hit show. From that, a bunch of doors opened, including that of connecting with some guests like John Lee Dumas that was on the show. I reached out to John initially because I just wanted him as a guest. I thought he was doing cool things in podcasting. Yeah. I thought David should interview him. So that's how we initially connected, you know, fast forward a year and a half and he's the number one guest, uh, my guest on my first show. Right. And so like it, as it, you open one door and another three doors open. So yeah, it was so funny. I listened to that episode this morning, you and John. Yeah, it was great. It was awesome. I, yeah, I've, I've known of John's work, obviously, anybody in this space does. Um, so that was a great, great episode, by the way. And I, 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 I have to tell you, Mike, I'm listening to that and going, 
damn, this is your first episode. You, you, you killed. It really was great. Well, that's the thing is that's when I, um, that's when I realized. So I, I had actually stepped in and filled in on one of David's episodes. And I remember, I remember consciously thinking, huh, this is pretty cool. And I'm not, I'm not finding it that terribly difficult. And when I went back and listened to it, I go, yeah, all right. That sounded like I knew what I was talking about yeah. you know, in some regards. And I think it's just because I'm, and no joke, I think it's from years of Howard's turn. It's right. just like osmosis of listening to a good interviewer right. and how they, how they navigate those waters. Right. Right. And so I, that's, that's really where it comes from to me is I really put a lot of, um, I put a lot of effort into uh, like practicing the craft of interviewing and, and being, uh, being entertaining on a microphone versus like, I'm going to read you 10 ways you can do X, Y, Z. Right. Right. Put, you know putting I mean? people to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I That's... just want it to be entertaining. And then I, I like to Trojan horse the value on them. Oh, that, that part of it I love about your show is that, um, you know, what impressed me is when you put out your, um, uh, your statement at the beginning of the show, it's not a, a wall-to-wall content because uh, there's so many people doing that, that it's just, you know, your ears are bleeding from content and content of just tricks and tips and everything else. But but yeah. just good old-fashioned, I want some entertainment, man. And, yeah. and I'll take the great tips along the way, you know, which is cool. Hour. Give me an hour with someone and let me like, let me get to know him a little bit because I know that Pat Flynn does smart passive income. I've heard that a billion times. Right, right. Know? Hey, let me ask you this, and, and this is just a little side observation that um, have you, did you find when you first started the podcast that uh, people were a little bit intimidated that you were trying to get on, on as guests? Like, um, I, 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 I'll share a quick story with you. There's this guy, he's, he's from the UK, and he's a great songwriter. And I, I think it was seven correspondences and I finally you know and I'm tenacious I don't like to give up on people so I'm like what the hell is what do I got to do to get this guy to say yeah come on the show and uh he finally hits me up on Skype and it turns out he was just shy and he felt like because he was just a songwriter and he'd bring in a producer and singers and and you know his stuff was absolutely killer top stuff you know great production awesome songwriting and, um, you know, it turns out, I think it was either the microphone, the show, whatever, they just felt, and I've gotten this before, well, I don't think I'm ready for that. I don't think, um, so I was just wondering when you started your show, did you find that? Because I've run into that many times. Like people that didn't want to do it because they were intimidated by it? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I mostly heard no. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I think probably the people I was reaching out to right. were... were were more people that are people that had already been interviewed a little bit. So okay, okay. So it depends on the circles you're running. They weren't in. Brand, yeah, they weren't brand new to the whole space. Right, right. Okay, you know, yeah. I, I pretty much, you know, I'm I get, I don't know, probably five or six requests a day to be on the show. Right, and uh, so you I, got a huge backlog of of guests waiting to come on your show. No, no, <laughs> not really. Just be all right. Well, I'll come on tomorrow if you want. Me. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I, I have a backlog of people that want to be on the show. Right. And I, have, right. I don't have a backlog of the people that I want on the show. Right. Right. Exactly. There's a big you know difference. What I mean, yeah, I'm very I, I'm really curated with the, the type of people I bring on. And, right. you know, it's. It's weird when, when someone comes on and says, I want to be on your show and sort of pitches themselves, it's almost an instant turnoff for me. Right, it right, be, exactly. It would, be better, it would be better for them. This is a tip if you guys want to be on my show. It's better for you if you reach out to one of your friends that I know and your friend says, hey, you should have blah, blah, blah on your show. Right, right. It's always better to be introduced for sure. It's anyway. better to be yeah. introduced. Yeah, I agree. So, so tell me, what's your, out of all the things you're doing, Mike, like you've got all these different things do you have a favorite, like, I know you do live public speaking and coaching. Is there any area besides, I'm taking the drums off the table, we won't even include that, but out of all the things you're doing online and your your business model, the solopreneur, um, what's the fave of all that you do here? 
We just did a weekend this last weekend called Pod Mastery, which was an advanced training course for anybody that has a podcast but wants to take it from kind of a hobby to a profession. Oh, is that so, the one with John Lee Dumas that you did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I heard that one. Okay. Yeah. Tell so, us about that for yeah, sure. Yeah, we did that this weekend. We had 22 people and um, we, had, uh, we had two VIPs and that came in on uh, Saturday and we spent the entire day with them at John's house and then 20 people that um, were, you know, part of our regular group on Sunday and it was fantastic. Like I loved it. Right. It was really, really great. So I I'm really looking forward to that because it's just like, it's right in the wheelhouse. The The people are great. It's at a price point where you're not getting like these really green brand new people generally. Right. Like it's, you know, so you're getting a slightly more advanced group that are really willing to learn. And that's, you know, there's something to be said for pricing your way out of a lot of the, the, the hair pulling incidents. You know what I mean? Like, if okay. You, so, if you are a, you saying too high or too low? Like, I'm saying if generally people go too low, right? And the type of people they attract, because those people don't generally have a a, a, a lot of money, right? Every every dollar to them, they need to stretch as far as they can. So they're looking to squeeze every bit out of you for that twenty nine dollars. Versus, you do a thousand dollar one day event like Pod Mastery was. And they're in a different place financially. They understand that this is like they need to put skin in the game to, right. to get to the next level. And there's a whole different attitude. And that's the same thing with Chris Ducker's event in the Philippines. It's like a $4,000 ticket, not including travel. Right. So the group of people, getting 50 people in that room that have spent that money, you get this really high-end group of very motivated people. And those are way more fun to teach. Yeah. You, you know, know I've, I mean? he I've heard this, um, this same thesis from you, from Chris, uh, from Frank Kern. So there's, there's definitely, you know, something to this that, you know, if you're too low, like you said, you're, you're attracting traffic that probably is not going to take it seriously to begin with. Yeah. You know, and it's, you, you get a lot of people that are just sort of feeling their, their, their way out a little bit. Yeah. Hey, what is, uh, what is the mechanic to millionaire, Mike? What is that about? That's... Yeah, that's a, a show. Uh, my buddy Dave MacArthur, who's another, um, he's a interesting dude. He's a he's a um, he was a mechanic. He literally was a Honda mechanic. I don't know, eight years ago or something, and started working with this company, a supplement company, um, and did really well. Like, sort of followed the path, and and now he's making, I don't know, what does he make? Thirty two grand a week or something with that company or something. And right. uh, so the story, his. His show is just kind of a um, he's he talks a lot about Wallace Waddles. He has he had a the book that sort of was before Think and Grow Rich. Okay. It was what 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 inspired it. Right. And um he just has this great group of people. It's a pretty it's I it's like NPR meets, you know, uh NPR meets Utah. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's cool though. He's a cool dude and and um He's a, the nicest human in the world. He's just a really nice guy who, who who's you know knows a lot about. He's also a drummer. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that, that explains it. Hey, do you yeah. like do you like the travel thing? Do you like traveling? Oh God, yeah. I just yeah. got back a month in Asia. Yep. Oh, really? How was that? Yeah, it was fantastic. I, I went to. It was on the backside of this Philippines trip. I was already there, so I'm like, well, let me just hang out for another month. I'll set a few shows up and, um, I'll just go. And that's what I did. It was fantastic. Thailand and, and, um, let's see, I did Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia, uh, Hong Kong, uh, Philippines, obviously, I think one more that I'm forgetting of oh, Vietnam. Did I say Vietnam? Yeah. Wow. Um, great, yeah, it was great. great. It was awesome. And yeah. Just really some of the most iconic things in the world. Yeah, I hear Thailand is just absolutely breathtaking. I've heard that from so many people. But Vietnam too, right? Yeah, really Vietnam. Beautiful. Yeah, Vietnam was amazing. Um, went to uh, Ha Long Bay, Vietnam. Hey, do you uh, ever have the opportunity to um, to do like? Do you ever schedule podcasts on the road? Like, hey, I'm going to go and interview. You know, somebody's going to be here. So, uh, or if it just happens by. It just happened, or do you just prefer getting all the all the shows in the tank, and then you don't have to worry about it? 
No, I did a few live shows while I was traveling, for sure. I did a, uh, we did pool cast one and two from the Philippines. Okay. So I was in, I was literally in the pool, like shoulder deep in water. Um, I had my Zoom H6 on the side and a couple of uh, Heil microphones. And we just, we did chats with people that would wade on over. Um, and people that were like part of this mastermind, you should, it's very amusing, uh, pool cast one and two. And it was actually great. You know, it was myself and my buddy, Mark Costas kind of co-hosted the show. And then we, people would come in and, and, uh, we would, we would just talk to them about the, the mastermind we were in the, the tropical think tank. Wait, wait on over with their drinks. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes. And I, I, I heard you on, uh, I think it was uh, I think it was Amy's show. I'm trying to remember. It was very, very recent, but you you were telling people about your um, your approach to relaxing and working at the same time. Like you go out and you you know you have your glass of wine and you sit yep. down and you know give me the give me the quick download on that. Like mm. just share that with everybody because I think oh, that's it's, really it's, cool. Well, <laughs> it's a you know. It's based in a, a very practical, pragmatic uh, uh, thesis, which is, you know, they say, and, and I, I do believe it's true, that you are the product of the five people you spend the most time with, right? Right. And then, like, if you want to be successful, you need to surround yourself with success. Well, that's really hard when you're living paycheck to paycheck. You don't have a lot of money. It's like, you know, you maybe don't live in the greatest part of town. It's just a, it's a bummer. So when I was in that exact spot, when I'd come back from Europe, I had $14 in my pocket. And I, I'm not kidding. It wasn't like I, I got to hit the ATM machine, but I literally had $14. Wow. But I and- knew that opportunity would come if I, I knew I was like a, a smart dude that could hold a conversation at that point. It wasn't, it was a matter of circumstance that I was where I was. So. Right. So you I, saw the big picture. You just said, I'm just going to connect the dots and this is all going to work out. Like yeah. You, I didn't know, you know how, Yeah, you know, the how is, was none of my business. And that's another thing I like to say. It's like, you know, if you and I were, um, everyone gets so concerned about how they're going to do something. And it's like, don't worry about that yet. That's going to reveal itself as you start, you're right. going to go. And what I always like to do is like, if we were sitting down having coffee and there was a, you know, two story building across the street, I would say, Hey, um, there's a hundred thousand dollars sitting in a bag on, on the roof of that building. Are you going to get it? I'll just ask you that. Are you going to go get it? Right. Right. Yeah. And you say yes. And then I go, do you have any idea how, you know, the building's closed. You can't just walk up and get on the roof. You got to, you have to figure out how to get on the roof of that building in 15 minutes. Somehow. Are you going to do it? Everyone's like, heck yes, I am. So you don't know how, but you're going to, it's the same thing. If you were doing a hike, you look at the top of the mountain. I don't know what the trail looks like, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew that if I was going to give myself the best chance to win, it was going to be by surrounding myself with people that were successful. And if I needed a gig, then successful people have more opportunity than, than others do. And I mean, I had no money, so I would have taken, you know, can you wash my cars? Yeah, whatever. Right. So what I started doing is in, instead of going to like the locals, because I like to be out in the world. I don't like to be just working from home the whole time. Right. But instead of like, um, instead of just, you know, working from home or going to my local Starbucks, I would go to the nicest neighborhood in my town, which when I was in Denver was Cherry Creek. It was like, that's the fancy pants, high end neighborhood. And I'd work from the coffee shops around there. So already I'm surrounded by more successful people. What that evolved into was when I would wrap it up around 430, I would go to either a really fancy hotel bar or a nice restaurant like Morton's or Earl's or something like that. And I'd sit down at their bar with my laptop and I'd jump on their Wi-Fi. They have to have Wi-Fi. And I'd get a glass of wine for happy hour, four bucks, five bucks, whatever the happy hour wine was. Right. And I would just work. I would just sit there and work. And what would happen is by 536 o'clock, there are literally hundreds of the most successful people in the area because they're, they're working in the most fancy place in the area. So you can make the general assumption that they're doing pretty well for themselves. They're nicely dressed. They're well-spoken. And they would see me working, and hustle recognizes hustle. Like entrepreneurs, right. you, you see that glimmer, and you go, what's your deal? You're doing the wrong thing. Come work for me kind of deal, right? Yeah. So that would happen to me, you know, every week or two, you know, that somebody would walk up and go, what, what are you doing? Hey, you want to, hey, you know, it's been great chatting with you. Do you want to come grab some uh, dinner with us? It's on me, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Or 
you know, we're having this party. So I've ended up on um, I've multiple dinners. I've ended up on golf courses with, with people. I've ended up at parties at country clubs. And once I ended up on a, probably a $5 million yacht for a party. Right. So and just from that. The network master. Well, it's, 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 it's again, you're just putting yourself in position to be to there. Win. Yeah. Just be, right? show up. You're showing yeah. up. You want to be, and so, and, but it's not, you don't want to go there in cargo shorts and flip-flops, right? You right. want to do, it's, you know, go listen to episode 25 of the Solopreneur Hour so you can learn how to dress, especially if you're a guy, and take those clothes and go, go out to the world. And not only will you, um, you know, probably have more networking opportunities, but the ladies will notice too. So you're right. welcome. And that, that doesn't hurt. No, it doesn't hurt at all. <laughs> episode 25. Yeah, I, well, I'll check that out for sure. Hey, listen, as we're winding down, because I, I could talk to you all day, dude, and I don't want to monopolize your time, but can you tell everybody, like, what are you most excited about the rest of this year? Is there any, like, big things coming up? Uh, I, I can see you have, like, a really full schedule, and September is busy, but, like, as the year plays out, anything, like, we should be watching about your shows, about your products, what you're doing, anything you want to share? Yeah, I mean, okay, um, great. I was I was gonna say that um, I'm really psyched about this car event that I'm going to in a couple of weeks, but um, but it's completely not relevant to to. No, tell uh, us, tell us, what is um, it? Well, no, it's just my a lot of my September is busy because I'm getting I have a vintage car that I restored, and there's a huge event happening in Monterey, California, on the 22nd to the 28th or something. So is it, a lot uh, of my time is happening for that. Is it racing or is it just show? Is it's it? both. Yeah, it's oh. not a show really. It's, okay. it's, uh, it's at Laguna Seca, the racetrack uh, in Monterey. Okay. And it's a, it's an event called Rensport, which is uh, every four years the uh, uh, Porsche, the the company Porsche, empties out their museum, and oh, all okay. the big collectors in the world bring their collection to somewhere in the world, and they race these cars. Like these are seventeen million dollar cars that are being raced, <laughs> and uh, that's what's wow. happening in, in Monterey. And it happens every four years, so it's a it's a big deal. Will, so will Michael O'Neill be racing? I won't be racing, but I am okay. prepping my car. My hope is to get my car on the cover of the most popular Porsche magazine. Awesome, man! Good luck to that. What's the yeah. magazine? Uh, it's called Excellence. Okay. It's, uh, my car's a 1969 911, so it's- uh, What color? It's, it's gray. Hey, people, keep Shiny your gray. eyes out keep on that, eye. man. <laughs> um, so, but here's what I'm excited about. Um, a few weeks ago, are you a football fan at all? Yes, I heard about the Steelers. Yeah, tell us this story. This is yeah, great. Yeah, so that's great. what I'm excited about. Um, a few weeks ago, um, my buddy, there's no, I guess it's no secret, my buddy John calls me and says, hey, there's a- there's an athlete that wants to And this is John Lee Dumas. Yeah, John. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah John Lee Dumas. Um, right. he, there's an athlete that wants to start a podcast. I don't really have the bandwidth for it. I don't know if you do. We've got Pod Mastery coming up. You've got your Porsche thing happening. Like, you know, I don't know if you have time. Of course, he knows. I, I didn't know this at the time. But he knows that I'm a huge, I'm wearing my Steelers hat as we speak right now. It's, uh, we're recording this on the first day of the football season. Right. Um, <laughs> which is where the Steelers play the Patriots. And so... I've got next to me on my right-hand side, I've got a jersey um, hanging on the wall um, from a guy named Heinz Ward who played for the Steelers for, I don't know, 14 years, number 86. I've called this Studio 86. So my studio is called Studio 86. My number on my race car is 86 for the last 10 years. So, like, I've been a big Heinz Ward fan and right. a big Steelers fan, right? So okay. John calls me, says um, there's – there's an athlete that wants to start a podcast and um, wants me to help him launch it. I don't know if I have the bandwidth. And I say, okay, well, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, who is it? And he goes, it is none other than number 86 himself, Heinz Ward. I said, you have got <laughs> to be kidding me, except I didn't use that word. And right. <laughs> he could have said Tom Cruise and I'd have been like, oh, cool. All right, let's, let's do it. You know, right. sounds great. But because it was Heinz Ward, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So long story short, um, we talked to his people. And we're under contract, so we're we're gonna launch this thing. We're gonna have our meetup in a in a couple of weeks, and um, I don't know what the show's gonna be yet. Hopefully, it's gonna be cool. But there's also an outside chance that I'm the co-host of the show. Wow! So that's that would fantastic. Be awesome all the way man. around. Yeah, it'd be awesome all the way around. So we'll see, man. But fingers are crossed. And again, open doors, right? If that happens, 
there's, you know, who knows where, what comes from that. That's a who huge knows? congratulations, man. That's, yeah. uh, you know, Thanks. I mean, I can just imagine the the following that just happens like overnight on that. That's just crazy. Well, yeah, Heinz is bringing 1.5 million from Facebook <laughs> and 400,000 on Twitter. So it's like he's got a he's got an audience. Yeah. He's got to figure out how to connect with him. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. All right, all brother. There. Listen, I want to thank you so much uh, for being a part of Dharmic Evolution. I really do appreciate you, um, you being so receptive and, and just coming right back at me and saying, hey, yeah, let's do this. It was such a pleasure to have you on and uh, just learn so much in such a short time, both not only today, but um, just getting connected to all of the work you've been doing and all the great things. So folks out there, please reach out for solopreneurhour.com um, with Michael and check out all the things. Michael O'Neill, thank you so much, Mike. It was a pleasure. Uh, thanks so much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, of course, I'd love to hear from anybody. I'm at Solo Hour on Twitter if anyone wants to say hello. Oh, I hope you guys had a good time with that one. Michael O'Neill from the Solopreneur Hour. What a cool dude. Um, you know, musicians are that way, man. And uh, and he's a drummer, which is really cool. I always loved uh, drummers. <laughs> hey, um, when you get a chance, uh, swing over to the DharmicEvolution.com website and uh, scroll through all of the episodes there. There's photos, there's videos, there's bios. All the links are there. If there's a show that jumps out at you that you missed that you wanted to check out, you're welcome to do that. And thanks for spending time with me today. I'm your host, James Kevin O'Connor, singer-songwriter, audio-video artist, and master storyteller for the Dharmic Evolution. Don't forget, the download is free, but the content, it's priceless. So until next time, I'll either see you on the socials or I'll see you from the stage. Let's do it.